FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 295 of the podcast that goes snicked. Oh, snicked. <laughs> ah, snicked. We only have five more episodes to go before 300. Yep. We better hurry up on your birthday present. Yeah, which is only 50 episodes too late. I told you it's our Lost in the Archives episode. Right. You know, the problem is... <laughs> it's like the Disney, when they like release the from the yeah, vault. Right, yeah, it's in the vault. We really did it like a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally on my flash drive. Right. Anyway, we are your host, Jason and Denise Venable. What's up? Um, yeah, and so it's uh, time for hunting season, round three. Shh. Or by the saying phase, I don't remember. Wolverines. That's right. So we're going to cover the third issue of all four miniseries and all of their uh, diverse range of glory. <laughs> but we'll also talk about the second issue of X-23 because that came out this week. Yes, it did. So we'll have some fun with that. And then... I'll Stroke do on peanuts. Why <laughs> you say that? Um, and then uh, I'll cover a couple of extra bonus issues at the end. One piece of Wolverine news. Ooh, I love Wolverine news. I know you do. Right across the wire. Uh-huh. I'm Nightline. Nightline. Um, so I'm not saying I have any predictive powers because I feel like this is pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But you did hear it here first a while back. Okay. It has been confirmed... Mm-hmm. That old man Logan will be ending on issue number two. So he's dying. Uh, I think just, I think he's just going to go back to the wastelands like permanently and die. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> and go away. <laughs> but he's leaving the uh, the real quote unquote real Marvel universe with uh, issue fifty, and yeah. I and think what issue are they on right now? Um, I'm going to talk briefly about 44 here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. We still have so. six of those. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pull you back in before it ends. No. Yeah, at least for the last one. Oh. <laughs> All right, for the last one so I can see him die. <laughs> or just go home. <laughs> or just go home. Mama, I'm coming home. If I wasn't pregnant, I'd open a bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that should... Let's see, they've been doing about two issues a month, so that would be three months. It'll probably take almost that long to get the five issues of... Yeah, that should pretty much almost exactly coincide with whatever new Wolverine Logan book we're going to get. So, I guess good, good round number and probably good timing for the Merry Mutants of Marveldom. So, will I be able to drink? I don't know. Now you're still. Will I still be pregnant when this breastfeeding? happens? Breastfeeding? No, I would hope not. 
Okay. Well, there's no. such thing as a pump and a dump. <laughs> <laughs> if you drink, you pump, and then you dump it. Oh, okay. That way the baby doesn't get the alcohol from your breast milk. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a foolproof plan. <laughs> I never did it with Ollie. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm on board with that. But um, anyway. Um. <laughs> they make test strips now. Oh, okay. So like you pump and then you put the test strip in and it tells you if there's too much alcohol in your system wow. for you to feed the baby. Okay. I did it with Ethan, but I waited 24 hours. So if he had to feed, I used milk that I had pumped before I went drinking. And then I would pump when I would get home, but I would just throw it down the sink. There you go. So for all you guys out there who are now (laughs) officially grossed out. (laughs) Right. But for all you alcoholic mothers who just got some tips, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) Are you calling me an alcoholic mother? (laughs) (laughs) We'll need to talk offline later. (laughs) (laughs) Hunt from Wolverine, round three. Is going to start off with Weapon Lost number three. Um, this is our our d- squad Daredevil. Uh, written by Charles Soule. Art by Matteo Bafagni. Colors by Jim Carolampidus. Letters by VCs Joe Sabino. And cover by Giuseppe Camincoli and Roberto Poggi and Dean White. Now, I did not get that cover. It was a fine cover. It was our... Team Daredevil fighting Wolverine, um, and it was fine, but there's a variant cover that my shop happened to have left uh, by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair, which is Daredevil like in an alley or somewhere, and three adamantium claws slicing through his cover. That was pretty great, because I love Declan Shalvey, so I'm going to pretty much grab whatever he does whenever I see it. So, what do you think of this cover? It's nice. Yeah. I can get behind a uh, Declan Shalvey Daredevil book at some point in the future. I don't think I've ever really been engrossed in stuff that he's done. If by you haven't read it, I don't know if you have. No, that's what I mean. Like, right. I haven't seen enough of it. Right, yeah. No, I don't think we've... We've covered his stuff on here before, but it's mostly just stuff that I've done on my own. Yeah. So, all right. Well, remember in this book, um, Daredevil and Misty Knight and Frank. (laughs) Frank. And Cypher are hunting down Wolverine sightings. And they came to this cabin where Wolverine had allegedly cut some people up. And when they got tricked, and instead of hunting Wolverine, Wolverine was hunting them. And so. He was hunting Cypher, to be exact. Yeah. But Cypher is still alive, so he doesn't get to die a second time. Um, so I guess that's good. Uh, but Daredevil's like, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And there's this weird, like, inhuman aura on this transport that messes up Daredevil's radar synth, and he realizes that Wolverine's on the roof. The plane, the plane. <laughs> <laughs> and so he tells everyone he's on the roof. He gets a snicked. Uh, actually, it's a pretty cool little snake yeah. that kind of reflects Daredevil gripping, gripping his billy club. Yeah, and I liked that. It was nice. But well, it's not out. Wolverine. Yeah, and Aaron was right. 
This is uh, Cyborg Wolverine Albert. What? Alright, so in the 90s. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, we have a cool name like Wolverine X23. Albert. Albert. (laughs) Not so fat, Albert. With Dawkins, Lady Deathstrike, all these Sabretooth, all these crazy and mm-hmm. inventive names. And then the Cyborg Borg. That's just what we'll call him. The Borg version <laughs> of Wolverine. Albert. Albert. Yep. So that's who it is. So Aaron gets the uh, the no prize uh, for, for guessing that way back in issue one. Um so anyway, yeah, so in the 90s, there was a cyborg Wolverine named Albert back in the uh, Larry Hama, Mark Silvestri days. Um, I would be curious when in the 90s, because didn't Star Trek The Next Generation in the oh, 90s was, do the Borg? Yeah, I think it's more related to Terminator popularity. Oh. Okay. And lots, of, lots of cyborg stuff going on in like 1989, rolling into the early 90s. Yeah, they all have red eyes, like Terminator. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah Cable. Um, it was basically just Terminator X Men. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah. So anyway, he was uh, he was a character that I think Wolverine fans remember fondly for the most part. I'm kind of anxious to get there in my flashbacks. I would have ways off, but um, now remember he mentions his daughter in this issue, which LED. is kind of his adopt. Yeah. I remember her being annoying as all get out because she kind of talked in like baby language because I think she was like a cyborg too or something. I don't remember actually. It just cracks me up. Her name is LED. All I can think is LED, like the light, oh. like the light bulb. <laughs> right. Yeah. She's a light bulb. I think it was a <laughs> light bulb. Uh oh. You can't laugh that hard yourself. It's against the rules. Here we go. I just see like nine months solid. (laughs) (laughs) We've been watching too much Legion. Anyway, so Albert's looking for his, his, his LED for the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, I breathe. Breathe. Oh, man. And, uh, <laughs> so Frank put Cypher on some magic inhuman medicine table. Um, <laughs> as Daredevil continues to fight Albert. He really just wants to find his daughter. <laughs> um, but he runs away and he gets shocked with like a super inhuman taser by Frank and Misty and he goes down and then Ram uh, Cypher puts the uh, finishing touch on him. You see, you see his metal spine. So they leave him for the authorities. So he's not dead. No, I mean, he's still a Wolverine cyborg. You can't kill him. Okay. I just, um, I was so confused by... Yeah, it's like a clone cyborg. Um, no, I was confused whether or not they had killed him, maimed him. They didn't tie him up. Well, we don't see that. They just say they left him for the authorities. I'm assuming they would have 
incapacitated them in some way. Um, One would hope. Yeah. When they realized that this guy that Misty went to visit in Chicago, right, um, who retracted his Wolverine sighting, yes, uh, his online footprint completely disappeared like, right after Misty visited him. Cypher so figures it out. Yeah. And so they're like, well, he really shouldn't have a phone, but I guess it needs a phone. And then um, Misty and Frank make out. But only for a second, because Cypher, well, like... Yeah, he, he messes it up. Yeah. He ruins the moment with his creepiness. Um, and they go, they find out this guy is dead, and there's a bomb in the building, and it blows up. And our heroes are all dead. Until next issue. <laughs> so, what do you think of the art? Um, I liked it. This is one of those ones that I wish I would have seen it digital because it's so muddied. Yeah, I think the colors are still a little off, but I think the art was better than the second issue. It was more on line with the first issue. Yeah, I can um, see that. And I thought the fighting was pretty good, but yeah, no, it's definitely some obscuring in the color work for sure. Um yeah, I thought the art was, was fine. I uh, thought Daredevil in action went pretty good. Um, you know, him and Albert fighting looked fine. Um, what do you think of the story? Um, I guess since I didn't know a lot about Albert, I kind of... I wasn't overly enamored right. with Albert as a character. Um, I was thankful that it wasn't. Wolverine, mm-hmm. um, Frank and Misty getting it on for a second. Eh, Could have taken it or leaving it. Um, there's some highs and lows, so I guess the story, for the most part, to me, is middle of the road. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's really not much here to Albert other than just being. You know, looking not, for his not daughter, Wolverine. <laughs> which we don't know why he's looking for his daughter. Well, yeah, he got, they got separated. So Daredevil says, like the file says, that, you know, back in his his heyday, Albert kind of disappeared, wanted to live a peaceful life. You know, they kind of gained his own like independent consciousness or whatever. Right. So I'm guessing somebody took his daughter or something. I don't know if we'll see more of him in this story mm-hmm. or this is it. Like he was just the the um red herring but um i do find it interesting because i i made a complaint prediction about a reign of superman with the four different supermen Uh and one of them was cyborg superman so we have cyborg wolverine so all we need now is um wolverine in like a dr doom suit or an iron man suit no or don't say that baby wolverine will happen (laughs) or uh what would the Eradicator version of Wolverine be? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I guess Wolverine work, working for Weapon X, maybe? I don't know. All right, well, anyway, what do you want to give this issue? Yeah, I'm going to give it three out of six. I felt like the only interesting part is that Cypher isn't talking. And they're hoping that his oh, vocal right. cords yeah. will heal. So to me, that's interesting because 
is something going to happen where Cypher has to talk and he can't talk? Right. And so does he insert himself into the interwebs and then things go haywire because now it's like a junkie, you know, right. with a permanent fix? Or did something happen to him mentally when this happened and they don't know because he can't talk? Like, to me, that was the only interesting part. Okay. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it three out of six squads. It was, there's nothing really wrong with it. It was fine, but I'm not really, I'm really necessarily. It felt like filler. Care what happens next. <laughs> um, but I guess we'll see like where it ends and how, how Daredevil moves into the uh, dead end storyline. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, they're out tracking stuff. They found a, a fake Wolverine um, and that was kind of it. So, kind of what happens. Uh, maybe the art was a little cleaner or colors. Maybe could have bumped it up to a four for the art, but yeah, I'm maybe. right there with you. Three out of six claws. Okay. All right. So, Adamantium Agenda. Remember um, the new Avengers uh, Iron Man, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Spider Man went to a black market submarine in hopes of uh, trying to buy or steal back. Some Wolverine DNA, but it was Luke and Jessica's daughter. And then X-23 showed up, and they're going to fight Mr. Sinister. And they're in the sub, and they used Luke to block a leak. Plug the hole. Yeah. So this is the Adamantium Agenda number three, written by Tom Taylor, art by R.B. Silva, inks by Adriano Benedetto, colors by Guru Effects, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the main cover again by uh, Giuseppe Camincoli, Roberto Poggi, and Dean White. Now on this cover, we have a crowd of Mr. Sinister's fighting Luke Cage, Spider-Man, and Jessica Jones. I was kind of bummed that Laura, Wolverine, X-23, whatever, was not included on the cover. Yeah. Could have been a nice addition, but I mean, it's fine. It's a fine cover, I guess. It's okay. It's not one of my favorites. Right. All right. Well, what happens in part three? So, in part three, we start off um, in Tribeca. Yeah, back to to the green bomb. Yeah, and Tony is talking to Wolverine through the Iron Man suit. And basically, Wolverine's like, hey, um, can they hear me? out there where you are and Tony's like yeah let me turn it off so he turns it off and he basically says um oh well, you know Iron Man important. has promised like not to do anything with Wolverine if he dies and Wolverine's right. like his part of the deal is like I'm not gonna I'm gonna try to keep everybody together because it's right after a civil war yeah he's like you and Cap you screwed up and now you're trying to make amends, and I'm willing to be a part of the team to keep everybody together. Right. Um, and then... We go back to the sub. We go back to the sub, and Laura's just cutting off parts of... <laughs> <laughs> cuts off both of Mr. Sinister's hands. Yeah. Cut, cut off the left hand last time, cuts off the right hand this time, as our heroes all fight Mr. Sinister. And Sinister's mad at this guy who was trying to sell his DNA. Yep. 
So Laura's pretty great in this issue. She is, and I really enjoy where she's like, try to touch your goon now. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's cut off both of his hands. Right. Um, once they get sinister kind of situated, Tony says, we're going to the surface, get everybody ready to leave. And he gets out of the sub and basically pushes it up yeah, and Superman out of the water. Style, right? Yeah, and then he's like, don't put anybody in boats because help is coming. Yeah, and sure totally. enough, there's a giant helicarrier above the submarine. Right. Going to arrest all the bad guys. Yep, and they're on the helicarrier. Luke kind of complains, don't ever make me a plug. Right. Uh, and Spider-Man's like, you know, <laughs> I don't really have anything that's not inappropriate. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because Jessica goes, you were very useful, honey. And he's like, all I did was plug a hole. <laughs> Spider-Man's like, nope, there's literally nothing appropriate I can say in response to that. <laughs> I think that was the best line in the whole book. Yeah, right? So Stark's like, all right, we got this under control. And they interrogate the bad guy. They find out that Sinister has... Well, I love <laughs> Spider-Man has another great line, because he's like, so we're doing new, are we going to do good cop, bad cop? And then everyone bites his head off. And he's like, so three justifiably, justifiably pissed cops and me just standing quiet. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> um, but after interrogating this guy, they realize that Sinister has been collecting DNA. As he, he does, yeah. Uh, but he's smart enough that he hasn't told one person his whole plan so they all know bits and pieces so he just knows uh, all i know is i was told to collect these people's dna and this is where i would take it so they decide to go there it's a um it's an island remote of course, of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. um it's not hard to get to but because it's an island they can't really like take an airplane well they can't sneak up yeah, they can't They're worried. sneak up. So then everybody shows up. Cap or um, Iron Man has this idea. So he, everyone has Iron Man suits. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Laura's Wolverine iron suit? What is hanging out the back? Is that supposed to be an illustration of her hair, or they're they're like? I think they're tentacles with spikes on them. Yeah. I don't. She doesn't really use them though. But no, I thought that was weird. If if. I could have erased those. Yeah, but I like the little head fins. Yeah, I like those to too. To match her mask. I did not get Jessica Jones' costume. I think they're just trying to say, because she doesn't have a costume, it, it's it's not completely unsimilar. Now, you've probably never seen this, because they don't do it in the show at all. But in the comics, she actually tried to be a superhero for a while. Uh-huh. And so that's not completely unsimilar to her original hero costume. Oh, okay. It was like a pink and white get up. Jessica Jones in pink. Yeah, she tried to be like a sincere superhero and it went horribly wrong. And that's how she got all jaded and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, they're in their Iron Man suits and they fly in and they take all the guards out. Yeah, they're kicking butt and taking names. And then they realize they've stumbled across something bigger than just a few vials of DNA. Right. There's well, I, I don't want to skip over this. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, so they're walking around and they're looking at stuff and they're looking at the DNA. And Iron Man says, 
Well, the last thing we want is a bunch of Wolverine clones running around. That's the nightmare situation. And Laura's like, uh, did you just call me a nightmare situation? And he's like, uh, not intentionally. (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. That might be the second best line. Yeah, no, there's some good zingers with Tom Um, Taylor in here. But our team realizes they've stumbled across something way bigger than themselves. Right. It looks like Sinister has everybody in the world's DNA. <laughs> I'm hoping they're just exaggerating because I'm, I mean, there's a crap ton of DNA just on the page here. Yes. For everybody in the world. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, is that like every time you go to the doctor and they're like, hey, can you go to Quest Diagnostics and give blood? <laughs> right. <laughs> By the way, Quest, just a front for Mr. Sinister. Right. There's secretly like scan nope don't have hers <laughs> when yeah. i went for my glucose blood test they were taking samples right that's why they had to take a sample every hour for four hours <laughs> <laughs> all right what do you think of the art in this book um i actually kind of enjoyed it you sound surprised you've been enjoying this art i i have but i think <laughs> you have to understand when i read so i read a bunch of books yeah, she she uh, plowed through these like in one sitting. <clears throat> yeah, so. and I think I had read something before that that I was very disappointed in the art. So then when I got to this one, I was like, oh, I'm so pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Silva did a great job. Um, the colors in this book also really fantastic still. Um I think this just kind of continues the series. Um, I've been loving this book, and this one's no different. Um, thought Laura was nice and badass in it, but also, you know, funny. Um, yeah. Spid- Taylor gets Spider-Man pretty good. Um, we're talking about someone else getting Spider-Man pretty good a little bit later. But um, but Taylor, I mean, he's got some Spider-Man chops um, with the quips and the one-liners. and Yeah, I mean... It's one of those things, as far as the story, right? Like, oh, Mr. Sinister, mad scientist, has a bunch of DNA. Okay, fine. Right. But to me, this book's not really about that. It's really about watching the characters interact and and converse with each other and, you know, kind of joke around with each other a little bit. And to me, that's where this book shines, is in the personalities. Yeah, and I like how it's obvious that... This team has not teamed up a whole lot before. So, you know, it's like Tony talking about, oh, it'd be bad to have a whole bunch of Wolverine clones. And he's not thinking because Laura's right there. Right. Yeah. You know, and Spider-Man being like, so. (laughs) How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? (laughs) Okay, I got three pissed off cops and I'm just going to not say anything. So. I love watching <laughs> how this dynamic is kind of playing out. I do feel like, and the only reason why I say this is because this isn't the first time that we've had a flashback where Tony has not shared with Spider-Man. So I'm wondering if there's something with Spider-Man that we'll find out later. Oh. I don't know. If you remember, Spider-Man kept giving little jabs when Tony was listening in. 
right. on something and Tony shut him down. And then now we have this conversation with him and Wolverine and the, the nuclear cloud and he shuts his earpiece off so everyone can't hear him. So, and Spider-Man, and they make a point, Spider-Man's drawn in the panel. No one else is in the panel. And it's Spider-Man going, Tony, Tony. So I'm just... Well, yeah, I don't know. So this would have been after Civil War they talked about. And so Spider-Man, against his better judgment, was on Tony's side. Right. And ended up really regretting it. But this is not the first. And that's maybe the only kind of weird part is because, and this is really on the heels of Civil War, uh, during that time, Tony made Peter some uh, iron spider armor. Uh-huh. And he ended up like being kind of not cool with it after Civil War was over. And so it's kind of weird that he just jumps right back into another Iron Man suit. Right. But other than, I mean, I guess that's a, a small foible. But that could explain why they're kind of tense with each other. Okay. So, I don't know. I just found it interesting. It made me, it left me with a little, hmm. Well, wait a second, is this? Oh, but Wolverine, or Logan also makes a reference that this bomb had something to do with that. Right, like the bomb had something to do with, what does he say? Um. Yeah, so it's after the Civil War, and everything's kind of fragile. But what I just saw here could could tear that apart. So there's something in the bomb. And remember, he had a very surprised look on his face. Right. So I'm guessing in the last issue we're gonna find out what that bomb was. And I'm wondering, if, you know, it could be coincidence. Okay. Well, let's let's look at maybe some symbolic color here because the bomb and the fallout and everything was kind of the same shade of green as the vials of DNA in the Sinister's lab. Right. So, I don't know. I don't... That could just be coincidence. Could just be the the color spikes green. Um right. <laughs> Or, you know, things that look cool. But it could be related. So, I guess we'll kind of see how that goes. Okay. Interesting. I just kind of put that together. Um... All right, well, what do you want to give the adamantium agenda number three? I'm going to give it four out of six. Okay. I thought the story was, was good, but more middle of the road. Um, but I thought the art was wonderful. Okay. Well, I'm going to give it six out of six, Claws. Um, I really enjoyed it. I'm having a lot of fun with this book. Like I said, it has a strong personality and a strong visual presence. And I am on board. So, next up, we have The Claws of a Killer, number three, written by Mariko Tamaki, penciled by Butch Geis and Mac Chater, Cheater, whatever, inks by Cam Smith and Mac Chater, colors by Dan Brown, letters by VCs Joe Sabino, and the cover by Cam and Coley, Pogi, and White, and on this cover... We have Zombie, Walking Dead, Dawkin, Deathstrike, and Sabretooth. Yay. What do you think of the cover? 
Because of the story or the actual cover itself? Um, I'm kind of both. <laughs> I'm just curious. If, if you don't like it because you don't like the story or if you think the cover is not cool. I'm just not digging the cover. Right. I'm just... The, the only thing I find fascinating about this cover is where it says Claws of a Killer... The lamppost goes right between the two L's. And I feel like that's design genius. Oh, interesting. That's the only thing that I am thoroughly digging on it. Okay. Well, remember our Weapon X reject team, um, Doc and Deathstrike and Sabretooth, are also hunting down Wolverine weeds. And they come to this, to this town where Deathstrike can track Wolverine's adamantium signature or whatever. But instead of Wolverine, they find a bunch of zombies and a zombie bomb. Here, and can I summarize this book? Uh, in sure. one sentence. Yeah. It's crap. Don't buy it. <laughs> okay, you can summarize. Okay. So they go through zombie town. They fight some stuff. Then the team shows up. And they talk about Sotierra. Oh, you said zombie town. Maybe. What's that song? I'm going to go down to Funky Town. <laughs> zombie to Town. Zombie Town. <laughs> so the only thing I kind of thought was interesting is as they're tearing through the zombies and the paramilitaries, Deathstrike scratches a guy and it's her long dead father. Right. And they even give a flashback back in his Cobra Commanderhood from that issue of Daredevil um, from a long time ago. Um you know, in the 80s. And I don't think this guy's been back since then. I could be wrong. But I don't think so. And then uh, Sabretooth also sees his son, Graydon Creed. So, it's kind of interesting that they're fighting people that they know slash love slash whatever. So, do you think... At first, I thought maybe it was just some kind of like mind trick. Right. right. But but they see each other's people as well. So it's not just that Deathstrike sees her dad. Right. And Sabretooth sees his son. Right. But Sabretooth sees her dad. Right. <laughs> and and Dawkins sees Sabretooth's son. So it's not like someone just pulling out like, oh, who would... Who's going to hallucinate. Who would throw them off guard the most. Well, I also find it interesting that these army guys, for the most part, we as the viewer feel like they're alive. Right, right. Because not, they're not zombies. Right. Mean, yeah. But the zombies, they're not concerned about them, and the zombies aren't concerned about them. Like, the zombies are not attacking the army guys, and the army guys are not like, oh, crap, they're zombies. Oh. You didn't notice that? No, I didn't. And they're, like, surrounded by them. Well, they're shooting zombies. Are they? Aren't they? I guess that was Deathstrike she just shot. Um, I don't know now. Now that you say that. So uh, it would be interesting if they all were dead and they were reanimated. The right and that's way. way. Yeah. And that's and so they're why, trying to replicate that again. Right. But because the dead. They're dead. The dead don't see them as a threat or see them as food or whatever. I don't know. 
could be an interesting theory, I guess. Um, it was talking though this last fight though, all the zombies are either put down or run off. So Yeah, it was really this book was really hard to follow. Yeah. Alright, what do you think of the art? I was <laughs> okay, so the very first page when Dawkins laying on the ground, I was like, Oh, I actually kinda dig this page. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. And then I turn the page and the next panel he's he's looking up and I was like, Oh, I don't like his face. <laughs> <laughs> so there were parts that I thoroughly enjoyed about the art and then there were parts where I was very disappointed in it. Yeah. I had trouble telling who was who also. Yeah. Like, I couldn't really tell where the it is good that the art is similar enough that I'm not like, Oh, here's where they changed pencilers. Right. But I don't know. There's nothing really that really stands out about the art anywhere to me. No. Um, I'm kind of curious about the 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 blast from the past, but I don't know, I'm not particularly enjoying this book as is. No. Um, How many more issues of it do one we more. have? Yeah. Oh, good. One more. They so have one more to wrap up a whole story. As slow as they're going, I don't know if that's humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, I do want to point out uh, that the, the paramilitary guys are working for Sotierra. We've heard that name in the last two issues. Right. And we're going to hear it one more time this episode, which will kind of be... So you're going to hear about it, but you're never going to be told what the hell it is. Well, not yet, No. No, so. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it. They're <laughs> never gonna tell you. Yeah, well, everyone's gonna get eaten, and it's <laughs> just gonna. <laughs> All right. Well, what do you want to grade? Claws of a Killer number three. Can I give it zero out of six? If you want to, yeah, that's pretty harsh. All right, I'll give it one out of six, considering there were parts where I actually enjoyed the art. Okay. But it it's not getting anything higher than that. Right. Well, I'll give it two out of six claws. I. Don't think it was terrible, but it was pretty boring and don't really care. So that's going to lead us to the last Hunt for Wolverine book of round three, and that's Mystery and Madripoor, number three. Uh, written by Jim Zub, art by Tony Silas, colors by Felipe Sobriero, letters by uh, VCs Josebino, and the cover by Cam and Coley, Pogie, and White. That one just had Kitty uh, dancing in the moonlight. Um, I got the Chris Piccolo and Tim Townsend cover, <laughs> which I really enjoyed, which I thought was Kitty face-kicking the Wolverine's chest. Uh, Denise thought <laughs> that... Um, excuse me, that's terrible. Uh, that uh, Wolverine got his junk cut off and his healing factor regrew in... Uh, in the uh, wrong place. Yeah. And a, a big wee wee in his chest. <laughs> well, and his face is even like, oh, mm, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I like my interpretation better. <laughs> sure. <laughs> his face is like, oh, yeah. He grew back in the wrong spot. All right. All right. So remember our. Charlie's Angels X-Men Force has gone to Madripoor because they think Magneto might have a lead on Wolverine, but they never get to talk to Magneto 
because Viper and her new femme fatalities have taken them all captive. But then Domino, uh, Kitty, and Jubilee are going to to rescue Rogue and Storm and everybody else and try to find Magneto and figure out what's going on. Um, so there's some interesting flashbacks of Domino and Wolverine having some fun together and then having some fun together in bed. Um, which, whatever, I guess. I don't know why we have to see Domino's O-face, but... I don't understand why we have to see half the stuff in this book. Right. But then it's raining in Madripoor, and um, they find... They use a guy to get to the lab. Uh, Kitty has Wolverine hair in this issue for reasons that I don't really know about. But then we, we meet the mysterious bad guy. And so Viper's supposed to launch some kind of like missile satellite thing. Some kind of rocket. Whatever. Um, but there's a bald guy. who's Lex Luthor pretty much. But he's talking about how she will not be pleased. And then talks about how they're all working for Sotiera. So this is the first actual any kind of connective tissue. Between these miniseries. Right. So... It's kind of the first, like, oh, so Tierra is like the common big bad coming up. So, that's not really interesting yet, but it could be. <laughs> uh, someone calls, uh, oh, so we see, um, what's her name? Now, what is her name? Um, from the first Marvel Comics present story, um, Scarlet, no, Crimson Sapphire. Sapphire Vampire. I don't know. I don't remember. But she's hallucinating with a pink day glow patch. You can even snicked. But then, uh, I guess Psylocke sees her too. But then, uh, Mind Blast gets beaten. And so she loses her control of Magneto. So Magneto busts out. Um, we get some odd, uh, butt shots from Bloodlust. Like nineties style, um, as she fights Domino on the roof, he's trying to take out the rocket. Magneto gets loose and says, "Enough's enough! I'm Magneto!" And he starts wrapping people up in metal, and he stops the rocket. And then Psylocke busts out and says, "No more souls for Sapphire Sticks. That's her name, Sapphire Sticks." Um. And yeah, all right. So I know you hate the art. Okay, actually. <laughs> really? Are you gonna soften your stance? No, but in in reading this one, this go round, I've realized what I don't like about it. Well, I thought you've elaborated pretty clearly on what you know. Like. Well, no, I. One of the things in some of the faces and some of the way things were drawn, it popped into my head. I wonder what this artist could do on Batman. Well, it's funny you say that. Because there's that scene where they're in the rain and everyone's pressed up against the building. Uh-huh. And I, I hate to make this comparison. Because I feel this is kind of like saying, "Hey, remember that time when uh?" At Bandcamp. <laughs> no, but uh, 
I'm trying to think of a good comparison. Yeah, there's every now and then, like... Okay, if you grew up in Dallas in the 90s, uh-huh. or happened to catch, like, an offbeat alternative hit, you know, someone might say, oh, there's there's that time where the Nixons had a little splash of Pearl Jam. Right. But when you look at, like, actual song quality and career, like, it's really not a very nice to Pearl Jam to <laughs> say <laughs> compared to the Nixons because the Nixons kind of sucked, really, looking back in the long run. Sorry, guys. Um... But um, actually, I think they're actually from Oklahoma anyway, so screw you. Um, but yeah, no, so, so I, I'm about to make a comparison, which is not fair to the person I'm going to compare it to. But okay. there's some there's some scenes in this book that reminded me of Batman the Animated Series. Yes. With that Bruce Timm style art, and I love Bruce Timm, but I don't really like this. But there were a few things that reminded yes. me. The big eyes. The big the eyes, and I'm just the way they're like set up against that wall. Yeah. Um, where was it? Yeah, like this scene, and even the yep. buildings. Yep. Like the buildings look like uh, the Thames Gotham to yeah. a degree, with just really tall squares and rectangles. Well, and like that shape. Yeah. Even though I think that's supposed to be a gun. You know, I think. Maybe that's what Silas is going for. It's just kind of a twisted, sexy, <laughs> 90s a, animation style. Yeah, it's just a little oversexed. It is, definitely. Like, every woman on here has over double D boobs. <laughs> right. And the part where, like, when we get Bloodlust's butt cleavage just because. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, not to walk the line and, and be approved. That's not what this is. It's just it's a little too much. A little weird. A little visually unsettling because it's so stylized and kind of ugly. Well, um, as a parent, it... Let me rephrase that. As a person reading a comic book, I just don't dig the art. And I am right. don't really dig... The sensibilities. Yeah. Right. As a parent, there is no way ever that I would let Ethan or Ollie or if we ever had a daughter read that book because of the oversexed, overdrawn. Wow, you want to come in my room and grab my comics when I was Ethan's age? And this stuff, for better or worse, was all over the 90s. Like just kind of the, the weird poses and the... I, I Okay, I get that. I do, but I just that was the nineties. The nineties <laughs> No No, yeah. just listen to me. Right. Just you know, you had the Jane Fonda workouts where their leotards <laughs> were halfway up their butts. Like that nineties? Well, late eighties. <laughs> but anyway, it workout attire. If you've ever watched Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh, when those girls work out, they had strings up their butts like right everything was oversexed and not that i'm trying to have an excuse but that's just how that decade was but i feel like now we're more sensitive to hey 
we need to watch how we perceive so that futures generations aren't so body conscious. It's not, oh, you drew a girl with big boobs. It's more like you don't want your daughter to feel like that's the only way she can feel sexy. Right. Yeah, I agree. So. Anyway, I'm off my parentals. <laughs> so, box, sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. And when you combine the fact that the story just kind of gets less interesting with every chapter as well. Yes. Um, and it's really kind of an unenjoyable book. Um, so I, well, I think it's going to be my least favorite of the, I think I'm going to switch places because before I was kind of liking the story and just not the art. So I was putting this above clause, but I think I'm going to put it below now because I don't really care for the story either. Well, and to be honest, I, I would love to compare the books because I feel like all the girls boobs have just gotten bigger and bigger as the story goes on. <laughs> Maybe so. Like, oh, it's raining. They're expanding. Right. <laughs> That's how it works, right? Like those those little things you, the capsules you drop in the water and they turn into right. like a foam dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're all foam dinosaurs. That'd be fun. Foam booby dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to give Mystery and Magipore number three a uh, one out of six claws. I don't, I don't care for this book at all. Oh, I'm giving it zero. Okay. Save your money. You're rolling on those zeros tonight. Yep. Save your money. Okay. Well, speaking of saving, this episode is about to get saved by X-23 number two. Rolling in hot. Um, two birthdays and three funerals, part two. Um, written by Mariko Tamaki. Uh, art by Juan Cabal. Colors by Nolan Woodard. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. And the cover by Mike Choi and Jesus Arbatov. Um, I like Mike Choi. I don't love this cover. There's a whole lot of stuff going on. Well, yeah, like the the haunted forest trees in the background. Um, then you have Laura jumping around fighting the cuckoos. I don't know. I mean... It well, just, and it's weird because the cuckoos look like they're fighting themselves, too. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird... I think she's just turning away from the nasty foot claw, but... I, she's bleeding, so I'm wondering if she... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, she got cut. Yeah. She got cut by Dan's favorite claw. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so remember, uh, in the first issue, um, Gabby wanted a birthday. Laura said no. The Cuckoos had a birthday, and they also had dead clone sisters. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty much it. And they kidnapped the scientists that Laura's looking for. So we get a flashback, a really cool out-of-the-open-grave uh, perspective um, from Sophie's funeral, Sophie Cuckoo. Um, and they talk about how death's too common in the X-Men universe. And they all have this same nightmare, like, uh-oh, something happened to Sophie. So the other... Other three sisters get in their cab and they go back to the abandoned church. I love how they like take time to put on their costumes. Right, yeah, you know, got to be ready to roll. Um, and so they get there and they find out that Sophie has died again and they're very distraught. And Sophie didn't just die, 
She like shriveled up like the creep keeper. Yeah, that's true. So then, Laura gets waking up, as we often get waking up. Yep. <laughs> By pancake time, and Gabby and Jonathan the Wolverine are jumping into the bed. Yeah, and of course, Laura tells her, you know, one day you're going to wake me up like that, and you're going to get a claw through the forehead. And <laughs> Gabby's like, that's okay, I got the super healing. Right. So I'd still be good for pancakes. Yep. <laughs> so they get pancakes. And they have some breakfast, and Laura has a Laura mission. Um, I have to ask. Yeah. So, Gabby brings up, you know, the whole birthday thing again. And mm-hmm. Laura's basically like, drop it. And the very next panel, so in one panel, when Gabby talks about the birthday, she says, hey, this celebrity's having a birthday. We should have a birthday, too, and have a big party. She's holding her pancake knife in the magazine. But in the very next panel, she's holding her nunchucks and something that I have no idea what it is. I don't either. I'm not. I'm not sure what it is. Like at first, I thought it was a napkin. Oh, wait, it's whatever this is. What yeah, is that? I'm gonna have to put the digital code in and try to zoom on this. Is it some kind of like inhaler or something? Let me see. It's on the table by the Gabby mug, the G mug. Let me get my glasses. Oh, I have my glasses on. I have no idea. If anybody wants to tell us. Yes, but I'm super blind, so I have the trifocals. Is it a snicker? It says snick something. It does. It says snicker on it. Oh, okay. Wait, hang on. Well, no, careful with the comic. I need to fold it and bend it a certain way. That's what she said. Yeah, I don't know. It's some kind of... Oh! Maybe it's like a claw sharpener. It does. It says claw sharpener on it. Oh! Okay. Yeah. So it's a claw sharpener. <laughs> very, very nice. So she's stuck on a real Wolverine duty because she has to stay home and practice her nunchuck skills and she's like I guess and as Laura closes the door Gabby yells birthday discussion on over crash and I broke a lamp with my nunchucks and Laura says then clean it up <laughs> and Gabby says that's not what Wolverines do <laughs> they don't clean up messes uh, so we go back to the school the cuckoos are mad but they have a plan but they're nervous about that plan they're going to follow that plan anyway. Then we go to the Gene Genie. Uh, where well, because the plan means they can never go home. Yes. You can never go home again. That's what they say. Um, Carry on my way. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know if this Gene Genie place has something to do with a company that made war, but there's like an X-23 on the door. Oh, no, never mind. I'm sorry. That's a flashback. That's a flashback. Uh-huh. Just kidding. But this um, doctor worked under the X-23 program. Did he? Why do you say that? Because that's what Beast said. Beast said, I know this is going to be hard for you because she used to work. Oh, the doctor they're looking for right. is related to Alchemax. Right. Right. Okay. But this doctor's like, hey, thanks for trying to come help. And I love Gabby's text. It's a birthday cake, three knives, and a devil fish. (laughs) 
But I love how Laura stops him. Like, I got to read this text real quick. Right. Hold up. And then there's an encrypted lab, of course. And so she can't get in, but she has... All right, so how does this work? So she finds, like, the scientist Fitbit, which is still in the box. No, she found the box to the Fitbit. Oh. Oh. The scientist See, is See, I thought wearing... that was, like, you know how, like, you open a box and it'll be, like, in a foam inlet? Right. Like, I thought that was the foam and the... It looks like it's sticking out, but you're right. No, it's just a picture on it's the just box. just box. I'm a dummy. So yeah, so she tracks it. I love the way Cabal draws his next page. Oh, with the map kind of, like... Behind, behind the, the church in the sky the and the little uh geodot yeah is that what that's called yeah the the pointer on the iphone mm-hmm. um yeah she, she's like all right so you just ran off to a nice old abandoned church hooray <laughs> so she comes in and she's tracking tracking everything smells like death i love 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 this top page of laura busting out her claws I do too. The one thing that, um, so the Fitbit's sitting on the table. Oh, right. But there's right. no doctor. Right. And so Gabby's like, hey, I'm here to help. And Laura's like, why? And she's like, uh, you texted me, duh, cool church, what's up? And she's like, oh, wait a second, I didn't text you. And then we get one of those creepy in unison, thank you for coming. <laughs> And the Cuckoo Sisters do some kind of, like, mind wipe. And Laura goes into, like, the red zone. And a great couple of pages of her just fighting in this monochromatic red thing where she fights emotions and feelings. And I don't know. It's a great couple of pages. Yeah. It's by, interesting. By Cabal like and Woodard. Woodard's colors on this are pain, amazing. Pain, grief. Um, Madness, sadness, doubt, doubt guilt. despair, right. shame. And then she she says, oh, what about Gabby? And then well, and I love how her belt, like where the X logo is replaced by a backwards question mark. Yeah. And she realizes that Gabby is not there. Gabby was a figment of her imagination. Oh, no, no, no. She's fighting, but she's fighting an illusion. And then oh. when she wakes up, she's like, Gabby, where are, you, where are you? And she realizes that they took Gabby. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I read Gabby. It's not real. Like, she was saying, Gabby. Oh, like, no. She's trying to tell Gabby, like, hey, this isn't real. Oh, okay. You know, I thought she was trying to stay say, Stay with like, me here. Gabby's not real. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she realizes that Gabby's gone. I love, again, there's an awesome panel of... Laura kind of like getting up, holding her head, and her head bleeds in across the panel into Gabby being kidnapped. Uh, okay. I guess a great, great panel, and of course she's mad. But um, yeah, man, what you what do you think of this art? I loved it. Yes, Cabal and Woodard are uh, last year's Wolvie Award winners, knocking this this book out of the park. Great panel layout, great color work, great expressive faces, um, and body language. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Cabal just keeps getting better and better, I think. Yeah. And yeah, I, I thought this book was a feast on the eyes. Well, and I love the little interaction. Like, 
with everything. I love the interaction of the one-liners between Gabby and Laura. I loved the little text message because that so seemed like <laughs> something Gabby would send. Right. Like birthday cake, three claws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's perfect. Um, and, speak, and that kind of ties into the writing as well. Tamaki just gets these characters. Yeah. And the story is interesting. Yep. And trying to figure out what the cuckoos are doing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm loving this book. Um, and we got a little bit of feedback. Uh, Georgie wrote in and said that he was also loving the art and felt like the writing, the characterization was, got stronger this issue. Um, you know, we talked about last time how Tamaki, the tone, like, you can tell it's different. Right. But it feels connected to Taylor's work. Right. And so I think he's catching on with that as well. And uh, he gave this book a six out of six claws. Um, and Dan also said that he's really loving this book and it's climbing up the list of his favorite X books. Okay. So, so with that in mind, what are you going to grade X23 number two? I'm going to give it six out of six. Me too. So, Georgie, we're right there with you. And Dan, um, I, yeah, I mean, All New Wolverine was always, like, in my, like, just consistently, issue after issue. What was Dan's score? He didn't give a score. Oh, okay. He just gave some thoughts. Uh, okay. Just really just said he loved it. <laughs> um, we'll just take that as a six out of yeah, six. Yeah, I am. I'm assuming that. Um, yeah, but All New Wolverine was consistently, like, in my top handful of books, like, you know, top three or four books month after month and X-23 has stayed at that elevated status um oh uh yeah I don't think you were talking with this um so Georgie pointed out we read something so for, you know we just had the San Diego San Diego Comic Con okay recently and uh one of the editors had talked about that the name change will be explained in story Oh, okay. So that is coming, <laughs> I guess. Just not yet. <laughs> Just not yet. Yeah, but um, but yeah. No, this book is amazing. So definitely buy it. I agree. Yep. Well, you're nodding off, and I only have a couple of things to talk about. So um, I'm gonna let you go. And eat peanuts. Yeah, eat your peanuts. Yay. Peanuts with a T. Um, and um, yeah. So. All really I have to say is that Old Man Logan number 44 came out. Uh, this, <laughs> this is Bullseye Returns Part 2, uh, written by Ed Brisson, art by Juan Ferreira. Crap Returns. <laughs> Bullseye's not crap. Uh, letters by VC's Corey Pettit. And cover by Mike Diodato Jr. and Carlos Lopez. It's actually a pretty great cover. We have Old Man Logan... With his shirt off and his back to us, and in his back are tons of weapons. <laughs> like knives, forks, Chinese throwing stars, screwdrivers. Um, a playing card? Yeah, some bullseye playing cards. So that's a pretty good cover. Um, a little bit of a hunchback going on. What's the muscle right behind your neck? It's a little. Uh, I don't know. A little big. <laughs> but, um,. That was a pretty good cover. So remember Bullseye came back and he's trying to get revenge on Old Man Logan for messing up his last round of hits. 
and we meet these characters um and bullseye basically says um if you don't tell me where to find this girl this vendetta girl then i'm gonna kill your daughter is that really his costume with the target on the forehead oh yeah oh you don't like it oh it's classic um for those of you that can't see through the interwebs, I just rolled my eyes. Yeah, she did. Um, but yeah, so he basically says, you know, I seen your girl at the school. I'm going to go get her if you don't help. Even as a cool thing, one of the best panels in the book where he makes like Wolverine claws out of forks. <laughs> Didn't you do that with straws once for Halloween? Probably. Something. So Vendetta and Old Man Logan are trying to track down where Bullseye might be going next and they talk about these guys so they, they keep referring to this story that I've never read um, like some kind of story with Bullseye in Columbia um, it, it's either a collection of a miniseries or it was just a, a straight up graphic novel but um so this Joy character who's Vendetta and these guys shotgun and bullet <coughs> stupid names um, though, one of those, I don't know if that's the same guy from the hard case and the Harriers from the 90s X-Men or not, but, um, Wait, you think names like shotgun and bullet are stupid, but you think somebody with a bullseye on their forehead isn't? Uh-huh. Okay. I'm sorry, Cameron, because I think your Steel Brigade G.I. Joe name was shotgun, wasn't it? So I guess it's not that bad of a name. <laughs> Mine was windstorm. <laughs> I can go so many places with that. Oh, it's because I farted a lot. <laughs> anyway, so uh, shotgun and bullet are on a job, um, and bullet gets away and is gonna make a phone call, but old man Logan jumps in, and they're mad. And they say, you can't protect my daughter. And they're like, yeah, we can. Just tell us what we need to know. Help us find Bullseye. Help us find your partner. And he, <laughs> we see this shotgun has, like, forks all stuck in his arm and his back. And he pulls them out. So old man Logan calls the school, calls Glob. Says, hey, I need to go to this school, get this girl. He's like, all right. And then we see these guys try to rob a bank in Daredevil mask. But Bullseye takes them out. Um, and he's taken out everybody at the bank already, which does not do well for the feds. They don't they don't care for that, or the cops. But um, I love the scene where he's throwing like roll quarter rolls at this guy. I rolled up coins. Uh, it's pretty great. He even stops up like the guy's gun, like throws it in the barrel of the gun. Um, and he's gonna interrogate him, but then old man Logan shows up. He takes a sigh in the chest, but he doesn't care. He's old man Logan. Um, then we get a really cool like dashboard perspective from the run getaway car as the cops all show up. Um, so old man Logan's gonna take out Bullseye. Bullseye, of course, throws quarters at him, and so he gets away. Unfortunately, kills the cop. That's never fun. Um, when he gets away in, in a police car, steals a police car, and so. Old Man Logan and Joy get in the getaway car, and Logan calls Glob, 
And he says, hey, I'm at the school, but uh, sorry, Bullseye was already here, and he took Bullet's kid. Sorry, I think I had Shotgun and Bullet mixed up. Reversed. But, um, anyway, the story's not bad, and the art's a little better than the last issue. Um, there's some cool panels, but it's also not great. Um, and there's some cool stuff that Bullseye does, like, throw in the quarters um but overall i'm just kind of a, an okay story i'm gonna give old man logan 44 three out of six claws so also old man logan shows up in the new amazing spider-man number one so this is written by somebody no i know it's nick spencer I'm trying to find the actual credits so I can read everybody. Oh, wow. Way back here. Back to Basics, Part 1. Written by Nick Spencer. Pencils by Ryan Otley. Inked by Cliff Rathburn. Colors by Laura Martin. And letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Otley and Martin. And, of course, Otley coming off his really long run on Invincible with um, Walking Dead's Robert Kirkman. Um, which was kind of like, I don't know, ultraviolet Spider-Man in a way anyway, uh, as far as like just the teenage hero aspect. But yeah, so Spencer and Otley take Spider-Man back to his roots. Um, the Parker Luck added again. So there's like an alien evasion, it appears, and old man Logan is in the crowd helping fight. And, um, you know, he even gets a speaking part. In his little cameo. Uh, what does he say here? He's fighting. They're cutting aliens. I thought he had. Maybe I'm. La 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 la. I read this too long ago. Oh yeah. He says. Don't matter how many there are. We're fighting blind until we know what they are. And what makes them hurt. So, you know, he's slicing up aliens. Turns out it's not really aliens. It's Mysterio. Um, and the Kingpin is trying to get under Spider-Man's skin. Offers him a key to the city. So he can turn the other heroes against him. And it kind of works. They hear about it. But um, then Peter gets fired from his job because he gets accused of plagiarism. Because when Dr. Octopus was in his body, he finished Peter Parker's grad degree. But he used some of his old research and didn't quote it because, hey, it was his, right? But now, it looks like Peter Parker plagiarized Otto Octavius. And so he gets his uh, master's degree taken away. But he's going to go back to school and try to earn it the right way. But the wizard is his professor. <laughs> oh, also, yeah, by the way, Peter and Mary Jane get back together. And so... Anyway, Nick Spencer nails Spider-Man. Otley, for the most part, nails Spider-Man. Um, art is kind of simpler, maybe, than I thought it was going to be, but that's okay. Um, I thought this was a great, great, great first issue. I'm going to give Amazing Spider-Man the new number one. Six out of six claws. Um, number two, there's no Wolverine, but there is a cool Wolverine reference 
where uh, Spider-Man's fighting Taskmaster, and he says, what happened to your face? Did Wolverine skin you? <laughs> I think it was Wolverine, wasn't it? Um, so I thought that was funny, and just a great uh, second follow-up issue. But yeah, that's going to do it. That's hunting season round three. Um, so yeah, man, some good, some not so good, some great. Um, you know, it takes all kinds, I guess. But we'll uh, we'll wrap all that up next time we talk about it, and then we'll get ready for the return of Wolverine. Um, so yeah, so that's all coming down the the road. And um, until then, of course, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter is at Snickcast. Show notes and stuff are at snickcast.podbean.com. And until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. And And snacked. snacked. In stereo. Oh, 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 oh.